I love like pimple popping, oh, ear God, cleaning, yes. oh. cow hoofs that are infected, like all of that really pussy thing. It's so wonderful. That's how I get to sleep. So, and it's, it's such joy for me. I love growth. You have left me speechless. I would love, I, I'm always, whenever I see people with like little growths and things, I'm like, if you ever go to the dermatologist, can I come with you? So that Gosh, I can, I think this or is, can I do it for you? This is one of the reasons you're single. I, I think. I know, but yes, there's no one who wants to have their back pimples no. popped. No, or am I not talking? She's my a special lady. She's the only one. Salam and hello, everyone. My name is Lily Bakada Piper, and thank you for tuning in today. So today's episode is actually called Salam and Ha Ha Hello, because we're talking about comedy with two of my favorite Kenyan people, not just even comedics, but just two of my favorite people who are also comedians and artists and creatives, and they are taking Nairobi by storm, and it's been beautiful to watch their artistry capture the attention and grow um, the audiences that they have across the city and across the region. So today on the show, we have Eric Lusavali and Shaz Nduritu, two just talented, multi-hyphenate individuals whom I am sure that you know from many, many places. Shaz is a model, a comedian, a host, a poet. There's really no way to capture all that she is. She's a proud auntie. She's just many beautiful things. And she's also been on the show before mm-hmm. with her sister. Annie, who they came on to the last iteration to talk about why Black sisterhood matters. So I'm so delighted that she's here today wearing her comedian hat. And joining her is also my friend, Eric Lusavali. We met on actually WhatsApp. I was buying some t-shirts many years ago. And Eric has been a good friend for many, many years. And he is one of the founders of the Sticks and Stones Collective. It's a creative collective that does many things. They produce merchandise. They gather artists and help them grow their art. He's also the front man for Punchline Comedy, which hopefully many of you have checked out and come to some of their live shows. They have an open mic. They do, are doing some really dynamic things. And in the middle of, you know, of a stressful year and things going on, what better thing to do than to sit back and talk about comedy, why it matters. And before I turn it over to my guests, I have some jokes for you. Um, so let's see how they land. Oh, yes. Okay. okay. Yes. These are some African jokes. Okay. So first one. No matter how bad you are, you are not useless. You can still be used as a bad example. Yes. Yeah, that's good. <laughs> that's good. That's, that's good. That's like a truth. Okay, thank you. Okay. This is more TED talk then. Mm-hmm. This, this is, is more yeah. TED talk. Exactly. Okay, so another one, another one. A certain man worked in a factory for 20 years. Uh-huh. Let's say that factory is even here in our own beloved, you know, um, Athi River area. Uh-huh. Every day after work, he would come up pushing a wheelbarrow full of straw. The security would search him thoroughly before going out, but finding nothing. On the day of his retirement, the security was curious about what he must have been smuggling out for 20 years. They were convinced that this man had been smuggling something, but wasn't sure what it was. When asked, the man said, wheelbarrows. Mm. Brilliant. Kind of funny and deep. I think it's just ingenious. <laughs> Brilliant. <laughs> so welcome to Salam and Hello, Shaz and Eric, to talk about all things comedy. Hey. Karibu sana, guys. Thank you. Thank, Thank you. you. So glad to have yeah. you here. Yeah. yeah. All right. So you guys, as I mentioned, are, are multi-creatives in many different places. But tell me why comedy, you know, has been one of those mediums that you have really 
stuck to and are growing and, and what brought you into that space? Shaz. What, uh, which question are you asking? What brought, what brought you into, into comedy? Comedy, yeah. Um, actually, can I ask the answer? I feel like I've given the answer before. Yeah. Okay. And I don't know what your story is. Can yeah. I just Oh, can I yes, let's, let's talk about what's, what's your, story? What's your fa- um, origin story here? Yeah. My, my wife pushed me into comedy. She was just exhausted. At that time, she was my God. She was just exhausted of hearing my jokes. She was just like, please, please stop. Tell these things to other people. Is that true? Well, kind of. Um, I used to write lots of short stories. I was actually putting together an anthology of short stories. It was all satire. And unfortunately, what would happen, and I think I've told this story before on a few other podcasts and other platforms, is that what would happen is, unfortunately, the stories would get overtaken by life events. So for mm. instance, in 2013, I'd written this story about a fictional African country where they were holding elections and it's called the election campaigns. And in this story, there was a woman who was running for office and she was running on a platform of hard work. So her okay. party symbol was the B. And so during one of her rival's campaigns, someone showed up at the campaign and drummed a beehive and it stung people. And so this woman was arraigned in court for biological warfare. Beautiful story, edited it, everything packed, all good. Editor looked at it, they read through it. That was part of the short story, Mm -hmm. like ready to go. So I'm writing more stories because it takes a while to put these stories together. And in 2017, there's an election in Kenya and it's contested at the Supreme Court. And people are protesting outside the Supreme Court. And what happens is that someone shows up with a beehive, drums it, and it stings the it people who are It actually happens. Yes. And I have, like, several instances whereby, like, basically, art was basically inspiring. Mm, but then I was like, I cannot wow. produce this book now because people will be like, oh, he was inspired by this. I'm like, no, I wrote that years ago. <laughs> so that book of anthology of short stories was just stuck somewhere. But my wife got extremely tired of me being very frustrated about this not coming to pass. And she was like, you need a platform that you can basically tell these ideas quickly or when they happen or before they happen, Mm. then you won't feel horrible. Like I won't release this. And so 2017, I think we're in America and she says, go on stage. And I do my very first comedy show at uh, a place called, uh, it's, it's in DC. It was at, at Attack of the Comics with a gentleman known as Haywood Tannis Jr. Shout out to him. He's like big comedy supporter and founder in DC. And that's that's how I got into comedy. That's it. How yeah. about that? Okay. Yeah. I yeah. love that. I love that uh, life actually became the beehive. That's wild. It's, it's crazy. But also I thought of like starting stand-up comedy, a club in Kenya. This is 2013 still. I spoke to a guy called Eric Barry. He used to own uh, a restaurant at the Ngong Racecourse. It was called the Karag. Mm. And I'd said, uh, stand-up oh, comedy like is big. Yes, Irish. it was an Irish ah. pub. Yeah. yeah. So I knew him from like Ireland and he was like, we'll give you the platform, but you need to find comedians. And I couldn't find any. Mm. So I just shelved the idea. So until I came back is when now I got into comedy and I actually met Shaz at my very first open mic no in, in Nairobi really? at Gecko. Yeah. Yeah, I remember yeah. that night. Yeah. How about oh, that? Wow. Yeah. Okay, so we're going to come to the yeah. two of you connecting because that, that's I want to hear that story. But yeah. Shaz, how about you? Amongst the many different places where you, you know, create, why why comedy? How'd you land there? Um, for a hundred percent, comedy came to me in a very, um, let's say, interesting way. It actually, so the quickest way I can tell this story is, and my sister, some people know this, my sister and I were in Westgate when the terrorist attack happened. So on the fifth anniversary of that, we were invited to um, Hot 96 to do like, you know, that commemorative thing and Jeff Koinange and Hamo were like interviewing us and blah, blah, blah. And 
in the course of the interview, I didn't realize that I was being funny. You know, it's just mm. it's a very it's a very difficult topic to, you know, terrorism attack is horrible, you know. But I there was moments in there where in talking about it, I was just being myself and being funny about things. Um and my sister's very she's very she's not stern, but I'll say stern and you well, know, it's a, a therapist, yeah. but you know, she's that sure. she's a therapist. She speaks like therapists do. And I was just being myself, you know. And at the end of the show, the one of the people who was like a producer there was one of the comics uh, uh, called Emmanuel Kisiangani came to me after the show and goes, you're very funny. You should try stand-up comedy, you know, just, you know. Blah, blah. What he didn't know is, you know, I don't need a lot in life to get me to do things. If I kind of like the idea <laughs> Noted. of something. Yes, it's yes, true. Yes. If I kind of like it, you just have to say, and there I am. I so that's exactly it. I came, I checked out the scene, and then I got into it. So that's wow. that's the start. Comedy from ashes. It's like, you exactly. know, like beauty from Absolutely. ashes. Absolutely. It's comedy from yeah. ashes. I but I love it. stand-up comedy. I've always loved it as a... I've watched so many... Like, I'm, I'm enthralled by... What, what do you um, love about it? Comedians. I love... My favorite comics are storytellers. I think maybe because I resonate with that as for myself. Um, but I also... I I love the... Um, the... I know you think you're just sitting here having, you know, watching someone talk. I'm about to blow your mind. Mm. That for me is so wonderful. Anticipation yeah. of the... Yeah. yeah. I love yeah. knowing that <laughs> you don't know you're about to love this. You know, <laughs> it's one of my yeah. favorite things about doing yeah. comedy. Yeah. So, yeah. Okay. Mm. And and Eric, you know, what point between writing the short stories mm-hmm. and life happening and all that, did you think you were actually funny enough to be a comic at that DC... Yeah. Event? Did you? Was it funny? Did people respond? Oh, the very first time I went on stage, I killed it. It was amazing. Really? And that that was, does not happen for a lot of that people. That does not I happen, think. and that's the worst thing because what yeah. ends up happening <laughs> is that you think you're extremely good, and even though you're just starting out, there's a lot to learn. So the first time I went, I killed it. I did that at the Taco. The comics was really good, and then I went to a place called Summers, still in DC, killed it, and then I went to another place. I can't remember the name. I think it was the Arlington Draft House, and then I killed it as well. But I get back here and I do my first room and it was just very lukewarm. And so I, I start questioning myself because then you're like, is it me? Is it the is it the is it the audience? What yeah. what is it? But then I also realized that it's it's because we do not context, just having the context, because I think a lot of having not a lot of that, let's say, um, growing up here and just that element of being, let's say, a returnee, there's elements that you do not connect with people who are born here. So there's certain context exactly. you do not get. Yeah. So there's certain references that are not there. So it's something that Shaz actually told me after a while, said, the reason you do so well when you travel is because those are your people. That is your crowd. Okay, but, but let's break that down. What, what does that mean by that's your people? Because you are Kenyan. I am Kenyan. Yes, but having okay. spent so much time or like basically abroad, it okay. means that you have basically understood the mannerisms and cultures of those right. particular people. So right. sometimes you feel a bit disconnected, even from like home. You feel very disconnected from home because you've spent so, so much time away that there's certain clicks that do not right. just land as easily as yeah are there jokes that you found you know i assume you've yeah. gone back and forth yeah. since then yeah. that land both in the u.s and in kenya yes. with both audiences funny and, and tell funny, us what funny is funny funny is funny and one of the things that then makes jokes work is that you need to find resonance and the things like are very uh, exclusive whereby it's like, oh, these things are very Nairobi or these things are very Kenyan and they're things that are very American or British or South African. Mm-hmm. But then they're things that are global. 
So there are things that connect all of yeah. us. So there are things, for example, when we talk about poverty, it's different types of poverty, but it's still poverty. There's still that fear of I might go to bed hungry. The things that we talk about, things like relationships, for they sure. might be different. It might be even be people, uh, same-sex couples. It might be uh, mixed couples. It might be like all of those, but it's still relationships. Mm. So the very basis of funny are the same because those are the things that connect all of us. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah that, that human thread. Okay, yeah. so let, let's talk about those human threads when mm -hmm. it comes to jokes. Mm -hmm. What makes a good joke? Because, you know, I, there was a point in my life um, about... It's been a while now, five, six years ago, where I was having like a pre-midlife crisis because mm -hmm. I feel like the midlife crisis should be right now. But it was, I was just getting ahead of getting, getting I was planning for it. Yeah. So I was, I was preparing and I went through all these careers I could be. I was like, I could go into the Secret Service, be CIA. I could go back to teaching. And I was like, maybe I'm funny enough to be a stand-up comic. And I was with my husband and two of my best friends in the car and all three of them said unanimously, you're not funny enough oh. to be a comic. These Imagine. are haters. <laughs> yeah. like, these yeah, are haters. Exactly. I can tell you that. Like, Thank you, Eric. Yeah. I hope you're Wait, hearing this. On. Ben, Regino, the fact that yes. being a CIA agent was one of the things that happened. <laughs> I, I, hey, who are listen, you? Listen, I support. What do I you support. Know? I support. Are we gliding I past all of this? I said CIA. it was a crisis. I said it was a crisis. Here's, yeah, here's the thing. I love, I love people who have like <laughs> madness. Whereby they're like, I can be. The I'm like, yes, you go, girl. So those are haters. There's yeah. still room for you to become Thank a startup be and wary. prove them wrong. We're going to make you a startup co comic ah. today. Okay, let's do it. Let's yeah. do it. Okay, so let's work on a joke or tell me what a good joke is. Where do we start? Where do we start? Oh, I feel like that's a very... So different people attack it differently. Okay. I will always start from my own life. Because I feel like for me, funny things happen to me all the time. And also tragic Tragedy for me is also hilarious. Mm -hmm. And I'm always telling myself, I can't wait until I can joke about this. Mm. And it's a thing, you know, like, yeah. and, and the people who maybe bring that up for me quite, it's like my family will do something and go, oh my gosh, this is, this is a bit, for sure it's a bit of a comedy. I can't wait till I'm not so emotional about it and I can share it on stage. So I feel like as a mom, as a wife, as a business lady, as a foreigner-ish living mm -hmm, yeah, in Nairobi, yeah, sure. you have so many things working for you, Lily. Okay, okay. One thing, what, what bugs you the most? But okay. if I pick something, let me pick being uh, a non-Kenyan in Kenya. Because I have been here a long time, 12 yeah. years, yes. I don't speak Kiswahili. Oh, Kiswa I didn't realize that. Oh, why not? I know. I have tried. I've hired tutors. I've taken lessons. I've hired three different tutors. Listen, Lily, you cannot throw money at the problem. At the problem, yeah. I can't. You have what to. can I throw at Listen. it? You need to throw your soul at it. That's how yeah. I basically got very good at Kiswahili. I basically immersed myself in it. I'd just be like at the workshop yeah. with Lampard and I'd yeah. be like, you guys cannot speak English. You need to speak in yeah. Kiswahili. That's true. Okay. Yeah. I'm very afraid so of that. So immersion, immersion is the way I've learned most languages that okay. I know. Yeah. Uh, when when I was working in like Southern Africa, the only way I learned how to speak like Zulu and everything is I just You learned immersed. how to speak Zulu? Yes. No, it's say very, something. It's very possible. Uh, Kumela, uh, uh, what else can I say? What what do you want? Uh, say hi. How are you doing? What's going on? Kumela is hi. Yes, how are you, you doing? You just said jumbo. Okay. Yeah. I know, right? Jumbo. Exactly. Yeah, it's exactly. just jumbo. Mm, uh, not impressed. Tizoyami, uh, my heart is for you. Um, okay. Yeah. These are two cute phrases. But okay. 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 So okay. So if I wanted to build a joke around being a non-Kiswahili yeah. speaking Nairobi resident, yeah. Where do you start? Where Where is the joke material? Maybe in where you have said something incorrect. That's a good, easy, okay. low-hanging, yes. easy. Low but you've said something and you're thinking you're yes. doing really well. Yes. And not. So my sister, one of my sisters traveled to Italy and speaks a little bit of Italian. And then we had guests come visit. And she was like, oh, I can teach you how to say, uh, my name is Sharon. 
blah, blah, blah. And so she teaches me and then I go to them and I'm like, Komiti Kiyama Sharon. And basically I was saying, what is your name, Sharon? And they're looking at me like, what? and I'm like, no, Komiti Kiyama Sharon. And they're looking at me like, is she crazy? Is she the slow sister? You know, yeah, so I'm yeah. sure you have that experience. I do have that experience. A lot. Well, what happens to me a lot here is that people talk to me straight up in Kiswahili. They then, do. And then I, have, I still have not mastered the phrase, I'm so sorry I don't speak Kiswahili. I have not mastered that phrase. You don't do no habla espanol yeah. version of Kiswahili. No, exactly. I, this is I, great. Okay, maybe we should change this topic because now this is feeling a little hot. <laughs> no, I'm just giving I'm just you feeling a little hot. I think so we'll easy. get back to that. Okay. My approach to comedy mm. is a bit different. Okay. Because, um, so every Monday, we, like Punch and Comedy Club has a workshop on comedy basics at two grades. Really? Uh, Anyone, can Anyone, Anyone can come? Anyone can come. I'm Anyone coming. Can come. Please do. Please do. Mondays, you can Mondays come to Punch Mondays from 6.30. Comedy. Uh, yes. Punch okay. and Comedy Club has uh, workshop classes for comedy basics uh, at Two Grapes. It's free. Uh, everyone can come. We actually share a simple meal amongst all the comedians and just talk and then workshop the material that we've been working on. Fantastic. Uh, but I, I was teaching a class yesterday. I was facilitating the class and we were looking at different types of comedians. Mm. So we have what we call the ar architect and the architect is someone who is very intentional about comedy and they look at structure, they look at certain ways of approaching it and we have a coincidental comedian. A coincidental comedian is someone who has something happen to them and then that's Me. a muse and mm. then it grows. But then what you have is you also have a hybrid you have a hybrid of these two. Oh, so a hybrid of these <laughs> yes, two. Also me. Also, yeah, I'm all the things. Uh, every woman. Everyone. Every woman. So one of the things that I would say is um, how does one make a joke? And I always believe that if you're charming enough and you're charismatic enough, anyone can be a comedian. Hmm. What I'm thinking of doing in the next couple of years is basically be the K-pop of comedy. Just churn yes. out comedians. Just churn out comedians. As long as you have the it factor, you can be a comedian. So the things What's the that... the it factor? The it factor. It's just it's that like thing you, you can't need, touch, right? Mm. You, yeah, need, that, you need mm. to be like... You need to have like a pizza. You need to have charisma. You need to be able to command attention. And that's it. As long as you can be there, the rest of it can be told. S stage presence, writing jokes and everything. You can have ghostwriters. I believe like we can do for comedy what hip-hop has done for like Drake. Mm. Just have ghost writers, <laughs> have good producers, have ghost Ooh, writers. Just put the light skin brother at the front. Yes. 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 Just put the light skin brother at the front. That's, That's it. But um, there, there's, there's there's a structure that is there. They say uh, it's called teaser. So it's target, uh, it's emotion, uh, it's uh it's not aggression. It's um, yeah, it's something like aggression. It's like what's it? antagonism, antagonism, yeah, yeah. and then there's surprise, and then there is exaggeration and realism. So mm. those are the basic mechanics of comedy. So unfortunately, Shaz is looking at me like I'm crazy. Um, my background is in science, so I basically look at everything like how do I break this down into all these elements. So when you look at things like, for example, you're looking at the target. Who's your target audience? What do they want to hear? Yeah. So if you go and tell jokes about your kids, teenagers, they're like, she's hating yeah, on us. Right, yeah. right. And then you look at the emotion. So if, for example, you want to create a joke, you go and speak to parents because they look at that. You look at the emotion. Do they feel like they're losing their kids now that are growing up? Yeah. And then we look at aggression. What are the points of conflict that you have, antagonism between you yeah. and your kids? And then you look at surprise. What are the things that surprise you in that story? And then you look at the things that are exaggerated from that. And then finally, what are the things that are augured in realism? Anyone can be a comedian. You know, I actually love that you said that because 
you have a background in science, Shaz, you're also a math teacher, one of the things I didn't mention in your bio. So both of you have these technical backgrounds that are very kind of ordered, logical, yeah. step-by-step. I think step. he's definitely that person. Yeah. Like when I hear him it. talk about comedy, I'm like, are we talking about the same <laughs> Our approach is so, I'm like, what is he? Okay, he so what's your approach? Yeah, he has a very clear I'm just plan. like, I'm going to tell this story the best way I can. Mm. And I guess if you were to like break down things, you'd see, you'd find it's those things there, in what yeah. I do. But for me, I'm like, what's the best way I can tell? Because I'm usually telling stories about life things. What's the best way I can tell in a way that I enjoy it? I'm very selfish in my way of doing mm. comedy. Because so you are your own audience at I, times. I really am. If yeah. I don't find it funny, I'm not telling the joke, which is why it makes it very hard for me to take notes sometimes from people because I'm like, no, no, no. It's I don't mind something not working out there. Yeah. I need to be able to, like, if I find it funny, that's all that matters that's, to me, which is, huh. you and know. And that's working for you, uh, I guess, because you're I love out there it. making people laugh. So. Yeah, I love, I, 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 for think, me, yeah. it works I for think me. the one thing that, if you say what, what makes a good joke or what makes something funny is, if at all, I'm able to relate to it. Just relatability is yeah. the thing. As long as you can relate to something, because then there's that connection. And I, I've I've spoken to a lot of comedians and uh, friends and everything. And comedy is a conversation. That's something that people do not like understand. Them, yeah. Comedy is a conversation is. where I'm telling a story and you're responding. And your response is laughter. It's a gasp. It's shock. It's booing. It's all of that. That's the conversation. And yeah. one one of the comedians we had over from Tanzania, Dio, said something very important. Is like, when you're on stage, you're not speaking to a crowd. You're speaking to individuals. Mm-hmm. So everyone always wants to feel as though you're telling this story to me. This is this is us. We are having that conversation. Yeah. Yeah. And another comedian, Chris Mopane from South Africa, was visiting and he said, you want to be the you that you are off stage, on stage. Because right. I, I know a lot of comedians who are hilarious, especially who are starting out. And then they go on stage and they put on this character and you're like, who is this person? Right, mm-hmm. right. So to I feel, you all the time. yes. So that resonance is is very important. And then what Shaz is saying is just having fun on stage. Sometimes you can be at a show that is going horribly wrong, but you're having fun. So when you're having fun, the audience starts to have fun. Mm-hmm. But then when you're also super tense and everything, the audience is also apprehensive for you. Yeah. yeah. So, you know... I, so much of what you said is is that comedy, I think, is this medium that's very real. Yeah. And you talked about it, and I watched that interview you did with Chris Mapane. Yes, Chris Mapane, yeah. And he talked about, or you talked about, how the fact that comedy is one of these genres where both the planning, execution, and final product is all delivered to the consumer mm. at the same time. Yes. Mm. There's no going into the studio, mm-hmm. redoing it, fine-tuning mm. it. Mm-hmm. It is live right now, win yeah. or lose, you know, yep. s- mm. succeed or fail. Mm. It's happening right at the moment. Mm. That must give a little anxiety. So what, what is your prep like before a show? A lot I'm of curious. anxiety. Not a little anxiety. A lot of anxiety. Full I think, time. Anxiety. I feel like, honestly, honestly, if you, if you if you talk to, like, the partners or the family of the people who are comedians, I think we are, let me speak for myself, I think a lot of us are miserable people to be around just before we get on stage. And yeah. I, I know I'm that person, you know, and I'm not really that person the rest of the time. But those, like, just before the gig, I'm like, trying to, you know, I'm almost upsetting myself, yeah. you know, before I get yeah. on. I'm getting better at that. So that's the thing. But I think the thing is, and that's why it's so hard to be, like, a critique for comedy if you're not a comedian yourself. Yeah. Because, and I remember Seinfeld actually said this, and he, and he was like, I don't, I don't 
I think he said he doesn't read the critic reviews or yeah. whatever because he says your critiques are in the audience. Mm. It's instant. Mm. If they say mm. some, if you say something and the audience laughs, you've won. You've that's won. it. Yeah, exactly. it doesn't matter what other people sit and you know right. pundit about. That's it. That's yeah. that's the thing. So for me, that's why I'm like I need to have fun when I'm doing it. Yeah. If I'm going into a space and it's not fun, there's no joy in it. I probably if I'm not on the poster, I probably won't get up on stage. Yeah. <laughs> so, okay. You know, which is a thing we argue about this all the time because sometimes I'm like no, and he's like no, you need to get on i don't know mm-hmm. but i for me also because maybe because it's not my mainstay right it's not the yeah. thing that i do full-time for my career so i can afford to like take a step back but i start from fun if i'm writing a bit if i'm remembering something and it's really funny to me i know it's going to be awesome on stage yeah. because it's just like yeah I'm like fam this is this is the thing <laughs> you know so that would be my biggest thing um, yeah. Yeah. And I, so I want to follow up on that though, yeah. Shaz, because you, like you said, you're, this is not your only thing. Yes. So what does comedy offer you as a storyteller that other platforms don't? Especially oh. when you talk about the fact that you were able to process or remember your Westgate experience yeah. through a comedic lens. Yeah. You know, what does this, you know, medium particularly give you? Yeah. Well, I, I think especially with that example in, in, in mind, I remember... So one thing it does, it gives me somewhere to say things. I mean, I do because I write and I do other things. I have other avenues. But it gets me to, I get a chance to say these things out loud, usually like inappropriate or just things that people aren't expecting. But more often than not, things that people don't feel comfortable that they can say. Hmm. And one of the things, um, it's a bit, actually, I need to just finish writing it. Um, That was an experience during that. Imagine the terror of being in such a horrible, death-filled space and one of the other thoughts all the other thoughts are happening I want to see my family again this is horrible how can we get out of here can I run you know all of that stuff but then also thinking I remember the last what wait let me keep it clean (laughs) I remember the last most recent lover that I'd had (laughs) and it was just such a Sure, yes. It was such a shit experience. (laughs) (laughs) And I was like, ah, apana God, no, 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 no. I'm getting out of here live and you better send a better, no, we are not going down with like having a shit experience. You know what I mean? It was a thought. That was a real thing. Up there with, I need to run. Can I still run? You know, that sort of thing. So, so, so that's the thing. It allows me to, where else am I telling that story? Mm-hmm. You know, in the way that only my voice can tell it. Because I, you know, if you write some things, people read. In their they read voice. it in their voice. Yeah. You know, um, but when I get to tell it, I tell it to you. Like now, you know, and I can yeah. see like your people here going, "Oh my god, did she just say that?" Yes, I just said that. Yeah. You know, it was a real thing. Yeah. So I, I like uh, your priorities, Shaz. I'm like, my yeah, priorities. family check check. Yes. Oh, lover. Yes, yes. yes. It's to I have be been continued. making up for a long time. And like now. you said, that's relatable, right? Yeah, that is relatable. Absolutely. I have thought at times of duress, like when I've been somewhere, like because after Westgate happened, I remember every sudden uh, sound somewhere yeah. would make us all jump, right? Yeah. Yeah. And every time I would hear a jump, I'd be like, oh my God, I have got to lose weight. Yeah. They're not going to take me out. <laughs> yeah. When they look at all the bodies and they have to choose one, it's not going to be me. What's the moving target? That was my priority. That's a great strategy. That's wonderful. Weight loss. It's relatable. Weight loss was, would have been my thing. Like, Cannot you know? relate. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so I would have I would thought. But, you know, so let's talk a little bit about that idea of like the taboo comedy and how comedians do they they 
relate to us because they're allowing us to talk about difficult topics mm. in a way that we don't in polite company, right? There's this yeah. idea that at dinner topics you really can't talk about. Is it death, sex, and money? I think those are like the mm. three top ones. Right? Yeah, and should... faith. And faith. Yeah, faith mm. yeah. But comedians go hard on mm. those topics. What does co- How does comedy serve your audience when you want to wrestle with those topics? And if we think about the African context, mm. elections, corruption, yes. all yes. those things give us plenty mm. of material. You know, how are you seeing comedians kind of wrestle with those topics? I think for me, I, I always, I've said this and I've said this before, and it's something that I borrowed from Ty and a few other people who have said this, is that we cannot be afraid of that thing that we laugh at. Mm. We cannot be afraid of that thing that we laugh at. And on most occasions, you find that when we laugh at something, it loses its power. So one of the reasons that whenever dictators come in power, the first things they want to silence are the arts is because the arts allow us to interrogate and laugh mm. at power. Mm. Absolutely. So that's beautiful. That's, that's something. Uh, you see that when, um, when Hitler came into power, what happened is that the sciences did extremely well. Why? Because they are defined by structure. So you have the Volkswagen that came out, you had Fanta Orange that came out, you had all these like trains and everything that came out. Amazing technological advancements. Mm. But that comes at the price of what? Of the voices that are dissenting. So when people ask me what is the role of comedy uh, in addressing these issues is for us to be able to feel like these things do not have power over us. That's the one thing that we must always understand. Yeah. So when we talk about sexuality, we talk about religion, we talk about race, we talk about um, corruption, politics, uh, service delivery, those things do not have power over us because it's a way for us to, first of all, take away all the power they have. We laugh at them, all the power goes away, and then we can discuss them. Uh, a funny story mm-hmm. is that uh, one time there's a person who came for a show and this person was extremely homophobic. And so during the show, there were all these jokes and jokes and jokes on, 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 on same-sex couples and that sort of thing. And at the end of the day, this guy came up to me and he's like, that guy is actually my favorite comedian. And I said, that's very interesting because I know you and you're extremely homophobic, but I saw you laughing at jokes that basically put him in these situations and you in those situations because they were basically having banter and everything. And then he comes back and he says, I never looked at it that way. I mm. never looked at it that way, whereby this particular comedian was able to allow me to, first of all, see the humanity in this situation before everything else is added. Mm. And so that is not a conversation that you could have with this individual in, in a room whereby we're debating, sure. whereby it's like, the oh, defenses this. Are up. Yes, yeah. but then comedy allows us to take away the power. And once we take away that power, it allows us then to have a very, let's say, genuine like discussion amongst ourselves. Yeah. yeah. It's, that, it's, it's interesting because I think that in particular mm-hmm. right now we need to have more conversations yes. about so many topics. Yeah. Has there ever been a time, Shaz, for you where you feel like talking about these topics in a, in a comedic, from the stage, mm-hmm. has left you feeling more vulnerable than powerful? I, um, I, I'm getting comfortable with things that make me feel vulnerable is something that I... I kind of enjoy, I look for that in life. Mm. And I remember the first time, so when I started my page, the Queendom blog, and I was thinking, just sitting, unpacking, why is it that I wanted, why is it that I feel like I have to do this thing? And it was because I didn't see enough fat black women 
who were in portrayed in certain ways, like in media. If I searched for something, I didn't see people who looked like me. And I realized I needed to do it myself. And I remember sitting there and unpacking it with one of my sisters and just going, I think I'm going to do, you know, I'm going to do a lingerie shirt. I'm going to do this. I'm going to put my body in this photo so that I can share it on my page. And her tell me, well, you know, the thing you need to sit with is, you know, if it's, it, you might be ridiculed for it. Are you okay with that? It might affect if you're going to have a boyfriend later or whatever, because people will judge you from that. And so there was some sort of personal cost to me, but I remember, and maybe that's the thing that I use as my guide is if I still feel that I have to do this thing, even knowing that it might not go well for me, you know, on the face of it, then I feel like then I have to, then I have to do the thing. Yeah. And that for me, I guess, is the motivation. So for me, um, I find that I, I want, if I feel that there's something that I need to talk about, and one of the things, uh, you know, I'll talk about everything, body image, sex. I love, I actually really enjoy talking about uncomfortable things. And especially if I can make you laugh while we're doing it, then, you know, we're, that's just the best thing to me. Because I feel we are going through them. People are thinking things, you know. For even sure. just the fact that I say I'm a fat black woman, that it'll make some people uncomfortable, make some people, you know, just question so many things about them. I don't mind that discomfort. And then I get to give you my perspective on the experience of being me you know, hmm. in this body. And then, and it's, it's, so it, I, I haven't, even when I've kind of gone, I don't know if I should say it. I've always been glad that I've said it, you know, um, or I've done the thing hundred percent, never thought, oh, I need to tone down on this, you know, yeah. fat comedy or whatever yeah. it is, you know, yeah. um, relationships, you know, um, I'm always like, no, no, no. Even if it is, let's do the thing anyway. Yeah. It has to be done. So, you know, Eric, with Punchline Comedy yes. and, and Shaz, you've hosted a lot of shows where mm. you're seeing comics and you've been also in the audience. Has there ever been a time where either of you felt like a joke went too far or did oh. not, you know, wasn't all, funny all the time. in the way yeah. about these topics? All all the time, all <laughs> the time. Um, and I think that is the thing with comedy is that you need to be able to go to that level for you to be able to break the threshold. Mm. And the thing is as well, is that comedy is extremely subjective. Comedy mm, is extremely sure. subjective. So there's something that you'll say to one crowd and they will not be on board. And then you say it to another crowd and everyone is gone. Yeah, okay, so let me pause you there because mm-hmm. I'd also noticed and, and just considering your, your audiences are on the younger side, I would yes. say a little yeah. bit. Yeah. So have you been able to make like older people laugh? Because I think about them as the yes. ones needing the jokes around yeah. sex and amazingly, corruption. You know? Amazingly, <laughs> yes. I have I have been able to make... So a, a, a while ago, I was actually asked to MC an event that had all these stuffy government officials and we're talking about people who are like in their 40s and 50s and 60s and all these people in their suits and everything and the material that i'd prepared (laughs) i was like i'm going to do my material i probably going to get cancelled and that sort of thing and i don't cancel you that generation doesn't yeah they fire you you don't get paid and the funny thing is i had this gentleman who's basically sitting on the board of directors for several banks and he was just howling he was just howling at a certain point I knew it. And this was a really, like, you know my 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 manpower joke? Mm-hmm. Yes. Oh, just tell it now. You're already here. <laughs> it's, a don't, don't it's, it's a Prepare very long yourself. bit. Okay. But okay. this joke stems from when my friend and I were in China and we walk into this mall and we get, I get mistaken for this guy who had ordered for sexual performance enhancing drugs the previous day. So I made it into a bit. It's, it's, it's crazy. But I was doing that bit and this guy was just howling at a certain point. He basically just spewed water across 
the table <laughs> to <awesome>. his colleague. <laughs> and the person who's sitting on the other side is basically the chairperson of the central bank. Wow. He basically okay. spews water onto the chairperson of the central bank at that particular time. And the chairperson of the central bank starts laughing at them. And then everyone is just, it just got to a point whereby the MC thought it was getting out of hand and they took me off stage. Are you serious? Yes. Oh. Because it just got a bit crazy. You're having too much fun at this government function. Yeah. And, and, and so at, <laughs> at a certain point, this guy came back and said, this, this, you cannot speak about this. And I was like, these people were laughing at this. So comedy transcends those generations. We do have people who come to our shows. When we're doing the Nairobi Street Kitchen, and this is always hilarious, there's a mother and son who'd come for the event. Yeah. And you're just oh. like, we are about to ruin your lives. <laughs> it's going to be a very quiet ride home. Yes. And yeah, Oprah used to always say she wanted to be on the car ride home. Yeah, yeah with I would say the same. Yes. It transcends, yeah. it trans, like, so the funny thing with comedy is that it transcends all ages. And it's just about if you come to a comedy show, and I, I always tell, tell this to people if you come to a comedy show, come with an open mind. Just come with an open mind because if you come with reservations, if you come with like your own ideas, you'll not have a good time. But if you just come to a comedy show and you're like, I'm here to have a good time. I do not know what's happening, but I'm here to have... It's the same as when you go on a carnival ride. This, the, the, the joy is in the experience. So yeah, okay. so I'd say we do transcend a lot of lines. We do have comedians who bring their parents. Like KK has yeah. brought his, his I'm his always apologizing. Yes. Like, hi. Like, hi, I'm dad. Sorry. Hi, mom. Yes. <laughs> okay, I'm taking this hi. note. Do you remember when you did the... The Zen Garden event. Yeah. And no. it was for, yeah, it was for the oh, entrepreneurs. Yes. And it was this old, like it was just old moneyed people. And it's just, you're like, I'm here to do a job. That's it. So, yeah. I have to say for me though, I, one of the things that I, for myself, and I can't put it on other comics is I don't, I think, I think there's a fine line between being funny and being mean. Yep. And that can be tr be translated differently for different people. So you know what might be mean to someone might not be, might be funny to someone else. So I just I I'm the gauge for that myself, and I try to. So I you know I I I even the word I like to say it so much because I you know I want people to be comfortable is fat you know and I always like the younger comics I would always talk to them they're like oh I really like da 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 and I always tell them if you're gonna tell a fat joke make it a good one. Yep. It has to be better than what I would do mm. because I tell really good fat jokes, you mm. know. So, mm. and the thing is, when it comes out as mean, I, I feel like there's some things that are intangible. I feel like the audience can yes. feel that vibe mm. as well. I've seen someone who was uh, who came up after me and did a fat joke, and that thing really Tanked. really tanked. Yeah. And I, I actually felt bad for him. I was like, ah, oh, were you poorly? I'm like, my friend, they love me. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. it best be amazing because. Yeah. The vibe of the audience was just like, oh, no, that's a mean thing to say. Yeah. And it's just, you know, maybe in another audience it would have worked. But I was like, then make it really good. I think that's I don't so, mind so important, it, it right? Because we can all recall those playground bullies, right? Yeah. Where it kind of started off funny or we went back and forth with jokes. And then at some yeah. point it turned mean. Yeah. yeah. And everybody walks away silent. Yeah. Because you know? even you mentioned that yeah. joke, the homophobic jokes. Yeah. You know, I'm wondering when you started to tell that story, I'm like, well, who was delivering the joke? Yeah. That's yeah. the main thing. Like, yeah. who was the yeah. conduit yeah. for that joke? Absolutely. Was that person themselves gay? Was that person... But that's why... And they don't necessarily have to be, yeah. but yeah. 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 I think the other thing that's very important as well in comedy is we always say you do not punch down 
Yeah. You always punch up. Yeah. And so when comedians are talking about certain things, one of the elements that you must always be aware of is that we do not attack people. We attack issues. Hmm. That's extremely important. And once you start thinking in that context, then it allows you to be able to be very objective in the way that you address an element. And one thing that audiences do not understand is that when people are writing jokes, the amount of thought that goes into it, because you put yourselves in that person's shoes and you put yourself on the other side and then you put yourself... So I have written jokes that I feel very sad about because... I've looked at all angles and I realized that this is an extremely, I have a horrible joke. I have a horrible joke about extrajudicial killings and it does extremely well, but it's horrible in that the way I looked at it and I researched and I looked at it, but I was like, we must be able to talk about this. So uh, it's a horrible joke. Uh, the joke You're not going to tell it. I, I will tell it. Okay. Uh, the joke is um, like, this is like, I think last year. And I was like, they just found 27 uh, bodies in uh, River Yala. And that's really sad news. But the saddest thing about that whole thing is that the other rivers are body shaming River Yala. <laughs> and they're like, what's your body count? And it's like, it's 27, but two of them were my boyfriend. Like, it doesn't count. So it's a horrible, it's horrible. joke. We're not laughing at that. But like, at the same time, it's a way for us to be able to address what is happening? Because the only other way that we're looking at it is we're seeing all these news articles that are coming up. We're seeing all these elements that are coming up. And so when I make that joke, am I making fun of extrajudicial killings? No. When I make that joke, I'm bringing light to the fact that there are people who are dying out there. There are things that the police are doing that are not right. But if I go on stage and I start talking about that, then I stop being a comedian. I start being an activist it's on a, a different... Talk. Yeah, it's a TED Talk. It's a different platform. So the idea is you must always... You attack issues. You do not attack people. Thank you for that. That's, I think, so clear. I love that. I'm going to think about that after even we wrap today, even as a podcaster, like yeah. when I'm talking about things, what am I focusing on, an issue, a person? I think that's a yeah. really important distinction. Shaz, you wanted to jump in and add to that as well. Um, I forgot that point. But the other thing that I think about when I think of those sort of topics is that that's why I like that when we have new faces and new bodies and new uh, sexuality people who come up who identify as those things mm -hmm. because it's the 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 best thing with that is that it it allows us to hear it from a different perspective yeah. Yeah. if we're used to joking about the thing if if we're always making fun of fat people and the fat comic comes in and makes the joke or a black woman or mm -hmm. whatever it is lesbian whatever it package that you fit into when you're the person telling the joke, it completely changes the yeah. conversation in the room. It changes people's opinion because now they're like, oh, wait, hold on. Maybe this is funny. Maybe now this is even funnier, yeah. you know, yeah. And, yeah. and and that's why I'm like, I want, I, I can't wait. I want, you know, we want other, what's the proper way of saying other abled? Mm. Differently abled. Do we say, yeah. do we say disabled? disabled? We don't say disabled. Well, actually, you know, I talked to a disability activist yeah. and she said, that is what we have. We have a disability. Okay. Yes. So she, Actually, she in particular was... I wish that okay person that. was a comic because yeah. I'd like for yeah. someone to address how we name them, you know. And, yes. yeah. and if you want to be called disabled, then that's great. How can we put that in comedy? You know, that's why I'm like, I, I don't... I do like being called curvy and all of those other yummy things, but I also want to be called fat and I want it to be okay. So then, mm -hmm. then we don't have to sit here and play that correcting game about yeah. what's PC, what's not PC. Yeah. You know, I don't... I'm tired of that thing. Yeah. And it's still also the thing. funny that you say that because the people who get most offended 
are the people who are the farthest removed from Very a true. particular topic. I, I think two years ago, three years ago, uh, there's a gentleman who came and he sat in the front row and he was disabled. He, he lost the use of his legs. And the whole night I was hosting, I just roasted him. I was just going in on him. And I was just like, oh, like, just because your two legs don't work, it doesn't mean the other one does. Like, I just went in on him just hard. Like third leg? Yes. And Yo. so... Afterwards, this white lady comes up to me and is like, how could you do that? And how could you say this? And, this? and this guy hobbles over and is like, that is the most hilarious night of my life. And he turns to me and he was like, that's the first time since I lost my legs that someone actually treated me like a human being. Exactly. Yeah. And and mm. this this white lady yeah. was just standing there yeah. looking at Gus and it's like, oh, you... And the guy turns to her and says... Who are you to speak on my behalf? Yeah. The thing is that there's a, there's a place for activism. There's yes. a place for people who stand up for for you if yeah. you're like a voiceless person in that situation. But I feel like it's a fine line as well. Yeah. You know, and I think it's great when you have a conversation with the people who you're defending so that you make sure you're giving them the yeah. representation they want or you might find that they don't want it. You yes. know, you may have to look for a new cause yeah. if you're going to be an yeah. activist for it. But mm. I would love, my thing is opposite. I'm like, can we bring that? Can, are they interested in comedy? Yeah. Can we bring them on stage? That would be wonderful. Because then that takes that away. Yeah. You know, yeah. bring the stutter. Yeah. Bring the blind person. Yeah. Bring, you know, all of that stuff. And then also it allows you to talk about... So one, a life experience that I'm currently going through is losing my parents. And talking about... Oh, my God, I'm going to cry. Take your time. <laughs> Take your time. Uh, talking about grief on stage. You know, it's tricky. How do you talk about sad things, you know, yeah. in 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 a comedy setting? But here's the thing. Something about death and loss is it's not funny, but funny things happen. That's my experience of mm. it is that, you know, in the midst of all this sadness, I'll see something mm. hilarious and I'll be like, oh, no, we're at the funeral. This is so funny. I'm going to have to put this in my comedy, you know, and that actually happened. Yes. You know, I remember my mom's funeral and and I talk about this actually on stage and, you know, like literally in the funeral, some guy, because it's a shag's wedding, we know shag's weddings, you know. <laughs> so already it's like celebrity and I'm like, no, it's not the funeral, guys. It's very serious. And literally this kid was brought up to like launch his album. They were like, you guys, we have 500 Yo, people. That's... We're launching an album. <laughs> that's, that's... And I'm sitting there like upset. And my sister's like, I hope you're recording this. And I'm like, yeah, we need to like go complain to the Presbyterian Church, whatever. They're like, no, content, it's content. And I'm like, what? You guys, this is mom's funeral. Oh you know, it was a true story though. Yeah. Oh, see? Shag, what's the name of this album? I think it's a banger. I'm this selling thing. CDs, you guys. <laughs> Two for one. It's a banger, this one. I decided to just make money from the situation. Let's help kids in the countryside. Yeah. You know, guys. But, you know, that, this happened. Yeah. I, yeah. I have a... We had a mad, as we we're leaving my dad's, he, my dad passed away recently, and as we were leaving the funeral home, there was a madman who was naked, doing naked things that madmen do. I cannot wait to tell that story. Please come to the show, because I'm like, Dad, I mean, come on, guys. Are we Maybe. never going to have a normal funeral? I guess not, you know. I'm not looking for it. It's yeah, happening. It's happening, you yeah. know? Yeah. So I also feel as a comedian, you lost a, an opportunity to just do a tight five like, during the... Like, stage time is important. Yo, like listen, you can, I should have just gotten up on stage. Yeah, yeah, Yo. yeah. Like, you, like, 
But I'm hoping, <laughs> I'm hoping like that guy's CDs go viral. Like if if you can't, your career can't take yeah. off when it's someone true. is going down. It's that's true. That's, it's true. That's so that and hello, we'll, we'll push it out there as, as best we can as a Thanks. tribute to Lincoln your mom bio. and dad. Yes. Yeah. yeah. In honor of your brilliant parents. Yeah. Oh, thank you for sharing that though, Shaz. Because I think, you know, comedy is, it's a, you, it's a tool for healing. It's mm. a tool for understanding and navigating hard conversations. It is this really uniquely wielding uh, tool. I mean, I'm thinking about just going back to my own kids. If I could have found jokes in a way to like wrestle with the hard topics with my kids, my parenting would have been a bit more successful. You mm. know what I mean? Like comedy does offer us something that nothing else really does. And yeah, I, I think you both are offering Nairobi and, and audiences ways to think about and dive deep into issues that they're facing every day, which and it's, is really important. It's very, one thing that a lot of audiences do not understand is comedy is very cathartic. Like mm. for comedians, we go on stage and we speak about things that basically affect us every single day. And you come off stage and you feel like a burden has just been shared yeah. and released. So it's extremely cathartic. I've read cathartic. that. that yes. Also, a lot of comedians have like troubled pasts yes. or yes. are dealing with heavy things yeah. themselves. I'm not saying that either of you are, or have, but I'm just saying that it, they do use it as yeah, a form of their own the, therapy. There's no comedian yeah. who doesn't have trauma. Who does not. Yeah. Like, yeah. Guaranteed. Like this, well, there's no human practically that doesn't mm, have some yeah. level yeah. of trauma. It comes, it comes from like very dark. And what Shaz is saying is extremely important because like I, I, I don't usually deal with like emotions very well but one of the things that I made a conscious effort to do is basically talk about my parents like and me losing them and them being away and I've written like a set about that and it's always extremely funny mm. and people come up and say but your parents are still alive. I'm like no they're not but mm, I didn't know it's, that, Eric. I'm sorry. it's it's fine it's like there's something cathartic about being able to deal with that and you process it because for me February is usually a very difficult month but then this year it was much lighter because I, I was able to process that. So it is very cathartic. Most people don't understand that or know that, but it is extremely cathartic. Mm. Yeah, laughter, laughter is medicine for yeah. sure. I know I've taken a lot of your time already, but I have a few kind of rapid fire questions. Let's go. I wanted to run with you guys. Okay. So you can just answer whomever, whomever. Okay. And then we just take it from there and we'll just go quick. Okay. Funniest thing about being in your 30s. Who said I'm 30? Girl, look good, though. You look good. Don't crack, 20s, though. 20s. Don't crack. <laughs> okay, Shaz, you go first. What's the funniest thing about being the age you are right now? Um, let me clean that up. <laughs> okay, we'll go back yeah. to Shaz. I can say what, I, really, really, as you get older, you get bolder in what you, yeah, so it's like. So the funniest yeah. thing is that you can be as funny as you want. Yeah, it's, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Eric? It's just realizing you haven't figured it out. Mm. It's, it's now you're like, oh, Oh, taxes. I, I should pay those. Oh, wow. Yeah. <laughs> okay, funniest thing you've seen in Nairobi? It's funniest and it's my, one of my favorite things. I love street preachers because I work in construction. I love construction preachers. There's that, that thing of someone <laughs> will just don't put down their, their tools and go into preach mode and people, other construction workers' reaction to it. It's please spend your time in a construction site and watch that. That's amazing. It's, okay. oh, it's everything you need. Street cons. Street cons are the best. Three card month. Like Nairobi is just amazing because you're seeing idiots in the making. It's just like <laughs> this. This is this is. A, I've seen one guy who like did the street con, and then the guy was so upset he lost his money. He went and found forty guys and came four back. Four zero. The, yeah, four zero. And I was like, where do you find forty people? I don't know forty people. <laughs> yeah. And they came because the prizes were like you would win generators and everything. They took that and they tossed it into the river. 
And usually the, the the corn guy has like muscle. They also toss the muscle into the Nairobi oh River. It was hilarious. It was just beautiful. Yo. Okay, yeah. Nairobi just providing us jokes <laughs> yeah. for free. Funniest thing about Kenyan culture? Um, I think I'll say this with how like fake we are. You know, whatever it is, whether it's like fake humble or you know it, it's just it's the funniest thing to sit back and watch and go oh I'm, but also to go oh i'm one of them i also do that thing <laughs> hey, hey okay Sawa. this is who i am Sawa. yeah it, it's people thinking that the cultural quirks are not quirks so we think kenyans don't have an accent as we don't yes <laughs> you see kenyans don't have an accent they think certain things are like pretty normal and then you're like that is not normal this is like it's very like out there yeah Okay, what is the funniest thing that ever happened to you in your real life? Which we've already talked about a bit, but the funniest thing that ever happened to you in your real life. I think it's the getting accosted by Chinese people in a Chinese mall trying to say that I ordered sexual performance enhancement drugs (laughs) when I clearly did not. Maybe he knew something. I did take those drugs home. Maybe wifey uh, had come in earlier. (laughs) Rachel, let us know. I had not not met Rachel yet, but let's just say I did come back with uh, a lot of manpower. That's just (laughs) a good thing. Okay, Shaz. You've uh, mentioned a couple of funny things, yeah. I have to say, already. But. All the time. It just every date. Every date, fam. Can I just date <laughs> one normal person? One normal, non-funny yeah. person. Yeah. Okay, guys, you know, we'll put how to reach Shaz in the show notes. Eric, funniest person in your life that is not a comic? I want to say my wife, but then that's giving her too much. I'd never live that down. <laughs> so, uh, like, uh, Selector OCS, our DJ... Uh, OCS is the funniest like he has an amazing laugh but he also just has all these stories that he doesn't think are funny but they just I'm just like you need to get on stage at some point and he's just like no I'm, I'm good behind the decks he has the most hilarious story he has a story about a friend of his who got like yo and it is just hilarious because the the person who this person put uh, the and then <laughs> made <laughs> made him Okay, okay, okay. Thank you for that example. Well, I'm sorry. Okay. Shaz, who yeah. is the funniest person in your life that is not a comic? That is also not DJ Selector. That is not. That is also not that person. For, it's always family for me. My family is hilarious. My I just ruined this podcast. I'm sorry. You ruined it. You ruined it. We'll it's okay. Thankfully, Shaz is here to save it. I'm so sorry. And then I don't. Um, I think my grandma right now is one of the funniest people. Like every time we go visit her, my mom's mom, she has so much shade and she's so, she's, she's I'm just like, yo, when can we make a series about her life? She's, yeah, she's hilarious and petty AF. Listen, grandmas are are taking off on TikTok. Apparently yeah. this younger generation yeah. wants connection with yeah. grandmas. So yeah. you might have a thing If I can get it, just agree to be on camera. Yeah. It's because okay. once you're old, you have nothing you. to lose. You you're just nothing. like, yeah, I'm done. Yeah, I'm yeah. Like, yeah. 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 okay, okay. Um, and next one, funniest comic that we all need to know that we don't know yet. In Kenya or across yeah, the anywhere, world? Anywhere, anywhere. Oh. Put us on to somebody. Uh, uh, can I say two? Sure. So uh, Marcus Douglas. Okay. Marcus Douglas is in the Nairobi comedy scene. Hilarious, hilarious kid. And there's a new girl. Her name is Shiro Mwangi. This girl just transcends all levels of funny for everyone. Like, amazing. Amazing. Okay, we'll yeah. try and find them and put them in the show notes. Yeah. Okay, Shaz, what do you think? I find it there's so many. Honestly, that's why I like I go for comedy shows just to watch the comedy as well. Sometimes not to get up on stage because I'm just like these people are hilarious. Um, maybe there's so many. I'd say there's a newish uh, Ruth, um, mm. local girl, really really funny. 
um, and a surprise as well from, you know, she's the perfect, like when you, who she is when you see her and when you hear her speak are two different people. The audio does and not it's hilarious. It's, yeah. It does not. So it's, I love seeing people go, what did she say? That's amazing. Okay. Um, I'm trying to think of another, I mean, Marcus, for me, is an example of someone who's great, who's who, who's done the... Because I'm not that sort of person. I'm not a very technical person. Mm-hmm. But someone who's worked with a technical person and become an amazing comic is Mark. I agree with Marcus Douglas. Uh, I'll just, I'll, I'll, Ruthie, I'm just going to make it all okay, about you cool, because cool, cool. there's so many. And, all right. Know. So before we let you go, um, what's one piece of advice that you might have for up and coming comedians? You know, I love what you said earlier. Anyone can be a comedian. Yeah. In addition to coming out on Monday nights to yep. Punchline Comedy's uh, creative kind of workshops, what's one piece of advice you might have? I'd say, do you want to go first? No, please go ahead. I think the thing about being a comic is, I'd say just do it. It really mm-hmm. is a Nike thing, but there's no, it's unfortunately or unfortunately, there's no way to know if you are a good comic, if you enjoy it, blah, 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 until you do it. There's no other way. And, um, and that's like, I think the workshops are great. All of that stuff is great, but there's no other way to know than to do it. So just do it. Don't just wait do for, it. and don't wait for people to give you permission. I think yeah. that in life generally. Um, but I think, yeah, don't wait for someone to be like, Shaz, you know, X, you're a good comic. You can do the, give yourself the permission you need and then do the thing. Okay. Yeah. I think for me, the advice is a, a lot of times we do not appreciate talent enough because we think if you're talented it's not equated to hard work and you need to work just as hard on talent uh for it to work so when you think about the people who've made it in in like in the arts they basically work extremely hard so any young comedian who's out there the thing is you may be talented but that talent needs hard work and that's why we do not put value on the creatives because we do not feel like there's hard work behind it so when you tell people oh i'm i'm a physicist they're like oh you went to school for years and years and you put in the work yeah. but when you tell people i'm a singer they think oh god gave you that so you're fine so there's no value attached to it so once creatives artists work hard and are able to show and this notion and maybe this is very important this notion that we should make the arts look easy should stop People need to understand and see the hard work that goes behind it, but because then we attach value to it. Absolutely. Yes. I can only plus one on that. Thank you for that. Yeah. So where can people find your work and follow you, engage with you? Shaz, mm-hmm. where can people find your work? I'm only on Instagram as queendom.blog and then on the punchline on other comedy pages, mm-hmm. but that's where you'd find me. Wait, you made me get a TikTok and you're not on TikTok? I am, but I stalk. <laughs> I just, TikTok is my She's one of those creepy stories. Not yeah, guilty not pleasure. Yeah. Yeah. I think uh Punchline Comedy Club, uh punchlinecomedy.club is the website where you can find lots of great comedians. Uh for me, it's easy Sunday, like the ice cream, ice cream Sunday. So it's easy Sunday. Uh but then it's just boring woodworking things and my geese and cooking. And yeah, it's I'm I'm not very intriguing in, in my Instagram, but you can find me there. Uh, my geese are very intriguing. They they do great things. <laughs> but the Punchline Comedy Club website is Pretty much the hub, right? Yes, for your yes. Event. It has all the events. It yeah. has and our Instagram. Uh, we also have a YouTube channel. If you like stand up comedy, just mm-hmm. go on our YouTube channel. We have entire shows. We have sketches. We have skits behind the scenes, uh, match product, all of that. So our website and our Instagram and YouTube are all just Punch and Comedy Club Nairobi uh, everywhere. That's, and you've got a big event coming. We up. We have a big event coming up. It's the sixth and seventh of May. 
it's the biggest event in our calendar. It's called the Distant Relatives. Distant Relatives is really about bringing comedians from across the world because I believe that we comedy brings us all together as a family. So 6th and 7th of May, Distant Relatives, we have comedians coming in from South Africa, from the US, from Tanzania, and also from here. So it's going to be really, really big. It's I'm very excited for that. I wish I was performing. Shaz is performing, but I wish I was performing on that. So looking forward. Yeah. You can get. We'll make sure we link that in the show notes. Yes. So people can buy tickets. Yes. Come see. Yeah, come see. Both come see comedy. It's come two days. Here. It's two days of the very best comedy. The last year we did it, we just brought the whole museum like hell down, and this year it's going to be even better. We have some people who are coming back. Dumiso Lindy is coming back, and people love so him. Excited. So fantastic. Yes. Fantastic. Mm. Yeah. So we always ask our guests before we let them go. Two of our favorite questions around here. Eric, what's your favorite drink? Uh, tea. I like a what? nice English Boring. tea. Boring. This yes. is so surprising. Yes, I like a nice English tea. It's it's very... Like, the colonizer's that's, drink. That's the thing, All yeah. Right. Uh, uh, an okay. Al Grey for me... Was that funny? Thank you. Yeah. An Al Grey for me is... is, the, is the, Tea is one of the things that basically uh, the English took from the Chinese. And I'm like, yeah, okay, fine, take that. Wasn't it Indians? No. Oh, my oh. God. It okay. comes from the word cha, eh, which mm. is... Tea. Okay. That's why we call it chai. It's basically from Chinese. Okay, yeah. okay, Shaz, you? I'm so upset to be answering this after here because I feel for me it's also tea, but I like oh. the Kenyan tea. How we thank make you. At it. least you made it Kenyan so tea. So Kenyan tea, I like. So the, which is milk? Yeah, milk, like milk. But enough tea leaves, like love, patience, all of that stuff that goes oh. into the tea. Love so and yeah, it really, really is. Anytime. Yeah. Anytime. Okay. All right. Or how the Indians make it. I was in India and I was like, oh my gosh, this is amazing. Okay. So I yeah. should send you a video of like a tea. very weird tea person on the street. It's hilarious. I probably follow them. I watch yeah. it like, you know, <laughs> oh, I love that stuff. And lastly, yes. you know, we try and focus on stories of joy and justice at this show. So, Eric, what is bringing you joy today? Oof. Us, um, a lot of stuff is bringing me joy, but one of the things I'd say is um, I don't know what I'd do without my wife. Like she's just, that. that is the most stable thing in my life. That's the most joyous thing in my life. That's just the most beautiful thing that in, I have in my, like everything else can be falling apart and I just come home and she's snoring mm. and I'm like, okay, fine, this is, and I hate people who <laughs> snore and I'm just like, this is, this is good. So, yeah. So I, I guess that's great. I don't even know how to respond. I, I want to know how this plays so, out. Because in one way, you know, there's flowers being given. Right. Another hand. I'm like, come on, man. Yeah. Why you, you know? No, she knows. She's listen, like, she Rach, knows. Like, if it works for you, good for you, babe. No, but, um, it's it's the fact that... Stirring it's, up for yourself treasures. It's the treasures thing, it's the thing that basically... The bedroom. I, I, one of the things I say before is like, I would never marry a person who snores. And this woman, I'm like, I would not be with anyone else. Is there foot and mouth? Yeah, yeah. no. Just saying. Okay. Foot and mouth disease. <laughs> Please go ahead, Charles. I, yes, that's hilarious. Um, I, I, let me just share like a silly one because that's the one I really enjoy. I, I I love gross things. So I found a rabbit hole in social media, TikTok and all of that, oh, where I love like pimple popping, oh, ear God, cleaning, yes. oh. cow hoofs that are infected, like all of that really pussy thing. It's so wonderful. That's how I, put, I get to sleep. So and it's, it's such joy for me. I love gross. You things. have left me speechless. I would love. I, I'm always whenever I see people with like little growths and things. I'm like, if you ever go to the dermatologist, can I come with you so that Just, I can? I think. This oh, is, can I do it for gosh. you? This is one of the reasons you're single. I, I think. I know, but <laughs> there's no one who wants to have their back pimples no. pop. No, or am I now talking to a 21 year old demographic? No, no. They're mature people. Well, with listen. Adult I acne. mean. 
I was going to ask people to like rate and review our show, but yeah. I think I'll just ask them instead. If you want to have your back pimples I popped, every, I your love. earwax examined, I'd love that. Please let Salam and Hello know, and we will hook you up with Shaz directly, you know, because that might be the match. That, that might really have been what the show is really about. It's really a source oh of joy. Oh my gosh, 52 episodes, even I've never felt so speechless as I, <laughs> as I was after that response. Yeah. But thank you for being here. Thank you for lighting up our lives with your laughter and your good jokes. I know it costs you something to get up there and make these jokes, both time and effort to perfecting your craft and also the personal, you know, vulnerability that it yeah. takes so thank you both i'm really grateful for both a, of you a bit, and a of, bit madness, of madness yes. a bit of madness yeah. which the world is you yeah. know somebody said you know the people don't need more people who are like following their passion they need more people who will set themselves on fire yeah and yep. let us be warmed by their mm. by their oh, yeah. sounds, fire so that's you guys good, yeah. you set that's yourself on fire so we can yeah. just that's warm deep. ourselves mm. yeah so thank you thank you Eric and Shaz and uh, listeners let us know what you thought about the show but more 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 importantly subscribe and follow that's really what will help us the most we would love to hear from you we'd love to have your support we will link all of the ways that you can follow Shaz and Eric how you can check check out Punchline Comedy in the show notes and definitely come out May 6th and 7th for Distant Relatives 2 this is part 2 right so you don't want to miss that show all the information is just below so thanks for listening and until we meet again be well you don't need to try every time you smile summer in your eyes I, I, I. don't ask me why i'm by your side you keep me